It's Thursday night. It's after 8.30. That means it's hiking with Tim Lundy here on tonight with Lester. Tim is still away, still enjoying Scotland at the moment. That's why we thought we'd pre-record his interviews with him so you could still be updated, still have this engaging uh, uh, uh talking conversation about hiking in and around Cape Town. I know that you're currently in Scotland at this very moment, Tim, <laughs> but you're also in studio here with me. I hope you're having a very good time. I'm probably going to be very cold because I've been looking at the weather report and it's a bit of a shocker. I think the warmest it gets is 13 degrees Celsius. And because Tim is away, we won't have our weekly hiking safety and rescue report. But we're going straight into some of uh, Tim's favorite trails that he likes uh, doing. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Boerland uh, Trail, which is just on the other side of Solaris Pass, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, so I've had a couple of in, um, people phoning into. Um, ask me about a particular hike that is relatively easy that um, kids can do. So uh, three weeks ago, I took some kids from a school um, and some parents up into the mountains, and they basically asked me what sort of trail can they do that's not too difficult, Mm. not too long, um, but is still an overnight and and still kind of pushes them a little bit out of their comfort zone. So Bolan Trail it was. And, and Boland Trail is, is in, in fact, not just one trail. There's probably about four or five routes that yeah. make up the entirety of the Boland Trail. Yeah, so there, there's um, the one that I pick, which is just the two days, is known, the first day is known as the Sphinx Trail, mm. which basically used to take you up through the pine forest. And when I was up there three weeks ago, they've cut the whole pine mm. forest down in the area. Mm. It's obviously the time for them to be cut mm. and, and harvested. Um so it adds a bit of a different um, scenario to it. Before you used to be hiking up in the shade, now not so much. Mm. So the climb up now is quite tough. However, the view is spectacular. Well, what does that shade do to you as a hiker, especially if you're on a on a multiple day hike? Uh, you you really cherish that uh, that that lack of exposure to the sun. Absolutely. So you, for a start, your dehydration levels will drop. Dramatically, if you're in the shade, um, especially if you're walking uphill as well, you're going to perspire a lot more. And if you're doing it in the full sun, um, you're going to need to rehydrate mm. a lot more regularly than you normally would. Um, and it just means that if you do stop, you're going to be sitting in the sun. So, yeah, sunscreen's mm. one of those things that you definitely need to be applying as well. Mm. well where does the Bolan Trail start from? So, the Bolan Trail starts if you go towards Elgin and then you go. As we were going to Filiersdorp from Elgin, on the way you get the Neverberg um, Forestry Station, um, and they they've got an office there. But you you have to get a permit um, before you go. You can't just rock up on the day. Mm. Uh, but what makes this particularly different from 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 other trails? Look, I think a because it's quite close. Um, people are wanting to do walks that are not too far away from mm. Cape Town, that they can you know, leave on a Saturday morning as opposed to leave on a Friday evening, drive up somewhere, mm. spend the night, which all adds cost into it. Um, so you can go Saturday, early Saturday morning, you can set off, you can park your car, you sign the forms, mm. and you can start the walk. Yeah, you, you so it's, it's relatively easy to get to, and it's, and it's, relatively easy to actually do it's mm. not one of those trails that is going to push you out of your comfort zone i would say it is definitely if you're going to start hiking 
seriously and you want to do overnights, the Boylan Trail is a good one to start mm. with. And it's and in terms of difficulty, it's 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 challenging in that it's a multiple day hike. It gets you in custom to to to, yeah. to the sport of hiking, but at the same time, also easy enough for you know for for younger people to to join you. Absolutely. So you. It, it takes you out of the comfort zone of like a normal day hike where you up and down and you, you're done. So the first day is 12 kilometers and then the second day I think is around about 7 kilometers. It's really not that far and it's downhill all the way. Mm. And, and, and could you understand the uh there are five routes. Do you do you get to choose which one you do? Can you combine these routes to do a, lo- a longer trail? Or? Yeah, so you phone Cape Nature and you just ask them what the options are, what what is possible, what's not possible. Um, because so so they, they monitor how many, or they they, they they have a quota of how many people correct, on a particular yeah. route at a particular so time. So each hut has a certain amount of beds that mm. they need to fill. Um, so if you've got, like in our case, I think there were 14 of us, then it um, basically means that there's more than enough space. Um, yeah, so you... you you just book through them and um, they will then let you know what is possible, what dates are possible. Um, and when I did it, I think it was about two months beforehand, we were battling to find a date that was that was possible. Uh, that's that's very f- fascinating because uh, that actually gives you quite an, uh, a number uh, or an idea of how many people are actually active in, in, in the in the sport or the pastime of, of hiking. How difficult is it to, to find a date? How far, far in advance do you have to book with, with, with Cape Nature to, to get yourself a spot? Look, it depends on the trail, but yeah, the more popular ones like the Boiland and the Swelland Dam, you need to book quite a way in advance so you need to book sometimes three four months um if it's like the fish river canyon or otter trail you're looking at a year and a half the whale trail is a year and a half two years that you're mm. going to book um kuchelberg same story um because they they get a reputation for being a really great trail or mm. great views and then everyone starts going. And it also depends on the time of the year. If mm. it's winter time, you've got a better chance of, of getting a, a spot. Mm. Um, and also just the amount of people that you want. If you want a much larger group, mm. then it can be quite difficult to accommodate. But, but what happens, for example, if you book a day six months in advance, you, you've you booked it in September, August, let's say you've booked it in, in May already, and six months down the line, it's October, so our winter rainy season is is now past us and you've booked it for the 25th of october for example and it rains <laughs> what do you what do you do is it, is it sorry <laughs> yes yeah it's totally uh, the one thing that they don't have control over of what we don't have control over is the weather um so as I always say, you know, um, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Mm. You know, it's this year for me, I've done a lot of trails, probably more trails this year than I've ever done in any one particular year mm. of my life. Um, loved it immensely. And we were very, very lucky yeah. that every single one of those trails had rained the day before we started off and it rained yeah. heavily the night after we finished. 
what is the wettest that you would walk in? Look, there's you get from a little spittle to a, maybe a thick mist that covers everything in sort of in a dewy residue to a, a steady trickle. I know it makes wet surfaces, whether it be a thick dew or whether it be a, a downpour and a trickle. But uh, would you advise anyone to walk in any – what is, what is the, the wettest that you would rather walk in? Look, if you're prepared for it, um, you can walk in snow. And um, I'm having to look at that probably right as we speak. I'm probably <laughs> having to look at walking in snow because it is a possibility. Um, and I need to gear up for that kind of thing. But if you've got the right kind of gear and and the weather conditions are really bad, and I have, I've gone walking in snow deliberately looking for snow and found it and then regretted it <laughs> immediately because of the conditions that, that you get hit with. Um, but I was prepared for it. And you've got contingency plans oh. in place, so it does. Yeah, you've got to you've got to know your group, because sometimes one person in your group may actually start to battle, mm. and uh, you need to um, you need to keep reassessing. And as a guide, you need to keep reassessing whether it's hot or cold. Mm. Um, if those people are not uh, equipped for it, you can run into trouble mm. very very quickly. So because if you're not wearing the Correct gear. Correct. If you're wearing a fleecy top, just for example, that that top is going to hold and carry that moisture, yeah. that water, instead of if you're having uh, some something that sort of reflects it, or deflects the exactly. water. Exactly. If you've got if you've got a proper rain jacket, and your your backpack has got seedable bags with inside it, you can gear, you can go for ever and ever because mm. um, it's not going to keep raining forever and ever. Mm. Um, your boots are going to probably get wet and your socks are going to get wet, but you know, it's part of it. That's when you go hiking, those are the kind of things that you must be prepared for and, and face. Mm. Uh, what in your opinion is, is, is more of a, of a danger, um, or more of a harm to, to, to a safe, um, hike? Is it, is it wet weather, rain or wind? Uh, that especially if you're walking in a particularly mountainous area, you know, could either rock falls or either, you know, just disorientate you to a point that you're walking off the trail. Look, both of them bring different aspects to it. Mm. So I've walked in, in all kinds of weather conditions that you can even begin to think of from severe heat all the way through to severe cold mm. where I thought my fingers were going to fall off. Um, and again, it comes down to... Uh, you know, walking in rain has its dangers in terms of things are slippery and you need to be aware of that and you need to be, you need to pay attention mm -hmm. to those kind of things. So the kind of terrain that you, if you're walking on flat ground, it's not a, not too much mm -hmm. of a problem. Um, but if you're walking uphill or downhill and on wet ground, mm -hmm. you really have to be paying attention. To and also with, with thick dark clouds means it gets darker. Yeah. Earlier yeah. in terms of if it's sort of a late afternoon, you know, thunderstorm that comes through. But again, with wind, you can get into severe problems if you get too close to an edge. If you're on a path that is nice and flat, but it's got a huge big drop off on one side, gusts of winds have been known to blow people off. So, yeah, you've got to just be aware and, and make sure that what you're about to take on, given the conditions that you have got, mm. that you're prepared for it and that that everybody is safe, not just yourself. It's Thursday night and you're listening to Hiking with Tim Lundy here on Tonight with Lester. Tonight we are talking, amongst other things, the Boerland Trail uh, on the other side of St. Lowry's Pass, uh, 
uh, Tim giving his perspective of one of his favorite hikes. Earlier on, Tim, you were talking uh, to us about resealable bags and being and having proper gear and backpacks. And in terms of a of a, of a trail like this, the the, the Boerland Trail, uh, the guy that I have here says it could take us, you know, probably as little as uh, as three days' time. Its difficulty is sort of moderate to uh, to difficult. Um, so, so what type of bag should you be carrying along on 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 a three day hike for this particular trail? Well, generally you. I would take nothing less than a 50-liter bag. Um, but you've got to you've got to remember you've got to take your sleeping bag, you've got to take your, your sleeping gear, so a pillow if, if that's what you want. I mean, you now get these blow-up pillows, so that packs down to nothing. Um, warm clothing, um, rain gear, and all your food. And you're just not going to get all of that into a day pack. It's just not going to happen. Um, and it just becomes very uncomfortable when you're doing long-distance and then you're doing a second day with a day, a day pack, mm. it can become very, very uncomfortable. And there should be no reason why you should be uncomfortable. If, you, if you've if you got the right kind of gear, it can be a very comfortable walk. So I would say a minimum 50-liter bag is, is what you want to aim for for this trail. Uh, how... I'm always quite interested when, when I have been hiking, I've worn, uh, you know, a, a, a biggish bag. And um, Do you have to go f- get a bag f- almost fitted? Do you have to go to a store and say, I, I want to buy this bag, but can you strap it on me so that it fits snug so that when I walk and take a step, it's not banging against my bottom and yeah. sort of have that loose that loose fit? Is it the case of almost having it fitted and saying, this is how I like wearing a, a, a hiking bag? Yeah, so you, I, I generally will go in and um, test something out, mm-hmm. out. And obviously, it's going to t- feel different to the backpack that you've had before. Mm. And I mean, the technology that they've got in these bags now, it allows air to flow between you and the bag. Mm. Um, because so you don't it, have that sweaty back. Well, you do, but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't transfer to the bag uh. um, and go through the bag and into inside the bag. Um, it just helps keep maintain your body temperature as well. So mm. your body cools down um, and it... You know, when it's raining as well, you've, you've you'll have a rain jacket on. A lot of these bags now come with rain jackets for themselves as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, you. I would say if you're going to go, definitely go and and test bags out um, because everybody's back is different. Mm. Um, some people feel uncomfortable with it's too low mm. or too high, but most of these bags you get nowadays are adjustable. Mm. Um, all over the place. I mean, you at the top, the bottom, the sides. The mm. you can shift everything, and it and it you'll find that it fits. And and how important is it to to sort of to pre-pack, pre-plan, maybe a day or two before the hike, really pack pack what you need, so that you can already almost get accustomed to the weight on your back, making sure that the back is is the, the backpack is comfortable and not on on the morning of the hike itself. You know, realizing oh. It, it, leaning to one side or I'm shifting to another so yeah I mean I've now as as I said before I've um, I've now got this new bag which I call Big Blue and um, people can now follow myself and Big Blue <laughs> on the adventures that we go on Scotland's going to be one of them we're going to try and attack Ben Nevis mm-hmm. and um, which is the highest uh, highest mountain, mountain in, in the, UK. the UK I tried last time but unfortunately I got sick very sick on the way um, over to Scotland and um, had to cancel it. I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs, never mind Ben Nevis. Um, 
And so I've been preparing for that with this backpack. I've basically been packing it with all sorts of stuff. So I went up Lion's Head the other day with a sleeping bag and uh, everything inside it, which I was <laughs> never going to use. People look at you asking, what you going? Who are you going to go right <laughs> exactly. now? Exactly. <laughs> people were like, that's seriously overkill. But um, I'm getting used to the bag. The bag's getting used to me. And we kind of, yeah, it's, I'm, it's molding to my back. And I'm, you know, because the first couple of times that you do start wearing it, it does feel a little bit mm. odd. Um but the relationship between Big Blue and I is very good at the moment. <laughs> but back to the Boerlan Trail. Once you get to, to your desired destination of one of these five routes that you can get on, on the Boerlan Trail, what the amenity is like there. We were talking uh, in previous weeks about uh, many, uh, um, many sort of camps being quite not modern, but they have quite comfortable amenities these days. Warm water, um, place to, to cook, at least a mattress if, yeah. if not a bunk bed. Uh, itself so the they've got um they've got two cottages um which goes back to the apartheid days there was the the landros corp one and then there was shamrock and um the landros corp one was for whites only and be quite honest with you we got the bum deal because <laughs> it was it is a it's it's not my favorite building um whereas shamrock is a much nicer mm. cottage um it's out of wood and it's got lovely fireplaces in the rooms. They've now built fireplaces outside as well um, in a sort of gazebo type mm -hmm. um, in setting. And it's just kind of hidden away. So when you're walking on the trail, you actually don't see it mm. until the last second, till you're almost right on top of it. So it's a really nice. Mm. And the toilets are composting toilets. Um, the briars, they've got grids, they've got wood there um, so people can cook. They've got tables. And th there's running water as well, um, which comes from the the um, the roof tanks. Um, but I think they've got somewhere else. They've got a source of water somewhere else that, mm -hmm. that comes. So there's no shortage of water. And the bedding, yeah, it's not the Ritz, but <laughs> <laughs> but it, it. But when you've walked 12 kilometers, and anything feels like the Ritz. Exactly. When when you're tired and exhausted, then then it feels like the Ritz. We were talking about this being accessible to particularly younger hikers. Is is the age restriction? Is there, is there a limit, uh, a bottom limit in which uh, uh, children aren't allowed? So the interesting thing is when I did this walk. So this was my first trail ever. I did the three day um, Boylan Trail. And then I was 10 years old. Mm. The age restriction now is 12. Mm. Um, so you can't do it at the age of 10 anymore. They won't mm. allow it. Um, obviously, they've got a little bit stricter about their, you know, their capabilities. Not every 10-year-old can, can take something mm. like this on. Um, and a 12-year-old could definitely take it on. They're going to be tired. I took a whole lot of 14, 15-year-olds on. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there were 10 of them. Which was interesting to say the least with 10, <laughs> ten teenagers. <laughs> and by two o'clock, they were all fast asleep. <laughs> two o'clock, the <laughs> we got We got there at one o'clock, and by two o'clock, they were all fast asleep. So it wore them out at the age of 14. So I think 12 year olds will definitely be wiped out as well. Well, uh, as 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 the uh, uh, the the days get warmer, the the days get longer as well. What would be the best time? So to, right to 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 go on the site, but also keeping on mind you have to book in advance. And yeah, with with Cape Nature. So yeah, you when we did it now it was September, and so September October is a really nice time of the year to do it because it's not too hot, it's not too cold, 
And trust me, I've been up there when it's cold and um, Landris Corp gets really, really cold. So sort of April, May, um, or March, April, May is a good time. And then September, October, maybe November, but then it starts to get hot. And as you sort of head towards summer, leave a lot earlier, mm. especially now that they've cut those trees down. So that climb up is in full sun the whole way. So you want to you wanna tackle it before midday because then the sun's really backing down on you. Well, Tim, I hope to see you next week in person after a lovely Scottish jaunt. So if if you do come back and people want to book a maybe an exclusive hike with you, how do they get hold of you? So they can get hold of me at Tim at Cape Town Hiking, dot ZA, or at info at Glam Trails. And they can also get me on Twitter, which is at Hiking Cape Town, or Instagram, which is Cape Town Hiking. And the hashtag that I'm going to now keep pushing like crazy is um, follow Big Blue. And that's Tim Lundy. You'll be back with us next week on Hiking with Tim Lundy on Tonight with Lester. Join the conversation. Join the conversation. You're with Cape Talk.